0: Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable Beth Steadman and I'm the verbivore Laura Johnson and this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and
1: and everyone everyone who who loves
0: words. Today we're talking about editing and editing your words, editing your books, and we're going to kind of touch on some different types of editing because um, there's a lot of terms that you'll hear around often, and it can be confusing. Um, and I know I made some mistakes early on. I hired an editor, a type of editor I shouldn't have too early. And so I think we just want to explore kind of what editing is, what it looks like, what it can look like, what your options are, um, and when you might want to engage with different those different options at different stages in your work. So Laura's got some definitions for us. You want to start us (laughs) off with that?
1: Yes. So I'm going to start out with a kind of a general definition of editing, specifically for writing. So editing is to prepare written material for publication by correcting, condensing, or otherwise modifying it. Remove unnecessary or inappropriate words, sounds, or scenes from a text, refining, polishing, and making it more like itself.
0: I like that last bit a lot, making it more like itself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like that too. Lit Hub did this great kind of bringing a bunch of quotes from a lot of different authors together. I'll link into that so you can see the more detailed kind of quotes about it. But it is fascinating hearing each author who edits (laughs) talk about what it looks like and what it feels like and obviously it's so individual. Sure. Editing looks and feels different for the projects that you're doing, even just based on you and how you tend to write. So it's kind of recognizing that, that sometimes listening to what other people say about editing can help you even figure out, okay, what, what is this thing? Like, what is it that it's supposed to be? And what is it that I need to do with it?
0: Yeah. Well, I think when you're starting out, there's this temptation to like, just write and then put it out, right? Like you're just anxious to get it out in the world. You want to yeah. share it with people. And I know the first book I wrote, I as soon as I finished it, I sent it to people to read. You know, yeah. like read this, give me feedback. But I had, I had spent zero time editing, and that, that was a mistake. You know, like I know that now, and I can look back and see that. But at the time, you just don't really even know where to start. I think with editing sometimes when you're beginning, and you just you don't know what it's supposed to look like, how to do it, how to approach it. And it's been so helpful for me to learn about like different approaches, how different yes. authors do it, but also to learn like that there are different types of editing and yes. then that they should happen at different stages. Yes. Um, like it's been really helpful for me to break it down and to look at it like, okay, right now I'm going to do this type of editing and this is what yes. I'm looking for. And then next I can do this other thing and, and move on from there.
1: I think like looking at it from that lens changing, especially if you're doing mm-hmm. it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's several ways that you can approach editing. You can do it self-editing sure. or you can do it with the help of beta readers at different stages again or you can do it with the help of a professional mm-hmm. but knowing that there are different layers to that editing process yes is not all one thing called editing yes there's I looked up articles about different types of editing and what's hilarious is literally I found everything from like Two different types of editing, which is basically big and small. Sure. Uh, or developmental and line edits. edits yeah. you know, big picture and line edits, if you want to say that. So more detailed. Or like six different kinds. Yes. But I, I think really like looking at it from the four different kinds, looking at the first one being that developmental editing that you do. Yes.
0: Um,
1: which is that big picture that plot holes character arcs and does the story work
0: is does it, everything make sense does it does, flow right is, are all the scenes that should be there there so yeah
1: is it even in the right order like <laughs> and and I think getting that big thing is a story there is it being told in the work like yeah. sometimes we have it in our head of what yes. it is and it's not yet on the page, yes. And so, either having ourselves ask that question, or having a developmental editor come through and say, "Does this read?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing that. Um, and even sometimes on the developmental side, they can do like pacing and and things that are a little more on the starting to get into the little more refined side. I found things that usually talked about line editing being a little bit less grammatical and more stylistic although you could possibly see in line editor that actually is more like a copy editor which sure. is mechanics so yeah. kind of learning these words aren't um fully defined even if you find people words, use them
0: a little bit differently
1: right if you find someone who calls himself a certain type of editor just make sure you know what it is that they're editing yes so Someone on the line editor side could be doing for style, like tightening up sentences and kind of how those are formed together. Maybe that could be flow that might be a little bit more developmental, but it might also kind of creep into line editing. Yeah and then copy editing would be closer to the mechanics getting you know grammatical things punctuation spelling issues that would be more once it's there yeah. and then a proofreader which would then be that last line the catching the little mistakes um yes. or errors that got through that copy edit
0: yeah i think that's a great way to break it down i wouldn't have thought of uh, like copy editing and, and a proofreader as separate like i think i would yeah. usually kind of put those together but yeah, um, yeah. I think that's great. And it gives us a good framework. I think it's really important. I think when I started out I thought like okay, editing meant making sure the sentences looked good and like worked well and pacing and and so I would start to edit sentences and then I would realize oh this whole scene isn't needed. Right. You know, like, oh my goodness. And, and um it's such a different experience. And and even like the first editor I hate hi- I hired was a line editor and I sent her a bunch of random scenes that (laughs) I wanted a developmental editor. That's what I needed. And I didn't know that. I didn't know enough to know that, you know, it's like, so I think it's just so important to recognize those differences and to know when you should use each, like you want to start with a developmental editor or as yourself looking at your work from a developmental standpoint, like what's working, what isn't working. Sometimes a beta reader can work for that really well for that too. Like what's actually on the page. Cause sometimes I think personally, it's very hard to do a developmental edit yourself um, because you're too close to the work and you know why the character did this, or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) why the story goes this way, or, you know, like, well, it has to get to this point. So I had to do this or, or you understand why like that plot point doesn't seem like a plot hole to you because you know why. It works. And all of that stuff is in your head. And so it's very hard for you to accurately judge what's on the page. So I think that that's a really good place for beta readers to come in or to hire someone because they can see your work with eyes that you can't, and they can see what's actually on the page. And so they can notice, like, I don't understand why this happened or why the character did that, or this thing that happens doesn't make any sense or you know yeah. or like this isn't needed this is a little you've gone off on a tangent for right. three scenes and you know like Absolutely. and I think that that's so so necessary and helpful like you absolutely should have somebody read your work looking for those things so whether you pay them or whether it's just a friend or a critique partner or beta reader or whatever and that should happen before you start to line at it because not everything yes. will be there still like after that well and I think
1: also, to that point, and I definitely agree with that because, as you said, there are things that even when you take off your writer hat and put on your yeah. reader hat, you can only see what you can see. Like, mm-hmm. yes, getting distance from a work can help you to see it in a new way. Yes. But if you do not have knowledge that can speak to something, or if you have a blind spot, yeah. That's not going to help just getting that distance. I, I mean, from my standpoint, I think getting through that first go to make sure, because sure, I think when we we're talking about if we're at draft one, it's not all there. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Sorry, it's probably not all there. In prepping for this, I revisited Neil Gaiman and he was, he was mentioning that for him, the process of doing your second draft is the process of making it look like you knew along, you know, what you were doing. And for me, like, I think having that first go at is the story even there yeah. before I hand it off to someone and that's sure. personal preference. I think deciding where getting feedback gives you the most bang for your buck. And also, especially if you're paying for it, yeah. but also reminding ourselves that there are things that we can do Sure. Upfront with an edit to get it closer to where we want it to be so that when it goes to that developmental editor, it is its best self. Yeah. It is its most likely to be, you know, at a point where, okay, this is the best I can get it to be what it is. And then you get that assistance in where are those things that are truly, they're not just not attention to something. Yeah. Because I think as we're writing, we can't think in all those different directions. We can't put on sure. all those lenses all at once. So often they're missing things that okay, we for you know, we forgot that this person wasn't actually here. We didn't see the <laughs> introduction of them or you know, things like that that might then make a developmental edit a little more honed in. But again, that's personal preference. That's someone could come to it and be like, oh, I don't want to even do that type of second draft edit or third draft edit so it's kind of deciding where you want to bring in them but as you said waiting to get to the point that your story is locked in place when you get that next level the the detailed pacing line or you know stylistic one you really want your character arcs to be set you want your plot to be figured out before you seek out that type of Read. Yes.
0: I think in my head, this isn't an actual definition thing, but I think in my head, I kind of separate revisions and developmental edits. Like I will often, for myself now, my process is generally to write a first draft and then to do revisions on that first draft myself, and then to invite other people in for more of a developmental kind of thing asking specific questions about character arcs and the big picture and plot holes and things like that and then moving to like more of a line edit copy edit stylistic editing like that kind of thing and that's when I would then start to look for overused words or yes passive versus active verbs or like that kind of thing to me that feels like it falls into that line edit like stylistic edit kind of um, category and I usually won't even bother doing that until after yeah. I've done the revisions myself and gotten absolutely. feedback from beta readers because really once I like I can spend hours pulling out words from a scene that's just going to get cut it's not worth <laughs> it.
1: absolutely and I I think even recognizing that there's a difference to making sure that the story is there yes. and making sure that it reads well yes and I think <laughs> too if you've separated out like if the story isn't there that's where you're at really on on the revision and developmental edit side. And I'm, I'm sure it gets for myself, those two things go together a lot closer because I am trying to do my, my own working with my sisters very closely on the project that I'm in. And I think even kind of allowing it to be whatever that looks like, if it is very separate, Mm -hmm. having that clarity but just knowing where you're at. like Whatever that process looks like, know where your stages are in the process. And I think often after the developmental, you probably go through revisions again.
0: Yeah, generally there's at least some, some element of that. I think that's such a good point though, like that this sort of thing, like editing looks different for every author and the way you approach it, the process you use, where those lines blur for you are gonna look different. And that is good and right. (laughs) And finding out what works for you is really important. I think though, I mean, generally we shy away from rules and we shy away from using should, but (laughs) I'm going to say on the record, you should edit to some extent. Like it will look different no matter who you are. It will have lots of stages or a few stages, or you might like to, do line edits at the same time as you're doing revisions and kind of make sure things sound good at the same time as you're deciding if that scene should be there. You might not like to do that at all together and separate everything out. I like to separate everything out. It's way easier for me to only think story at at one point and then to only think sound and sentences and style at another point. But that's different for every person. And so like you can do it however you want to do it, but please, please, please edit. (laughs) Yes. Please. (laughs) your readers deserve it. Like I I cannot tell you how many books I read that feel under edited. Like they just feel like you could have cut a quarter of this book and it would have been better, like not worse. It would have been better. And whether they're self-published or traditionally published, it doesn't matter. I find books all the time that that's true of, or that, that I feel like this needed one more proofread. (laughs) Like Absolutely needed one more proofread. So I feel like you cannot over edit. Like you can't. I mean, I I guess guess you could. I guess you could spend five years editing the same book and maybe that's over editing, but really like read it again, read it again, read it
1: again. As we talk about editing, I think it's great to like remind yourself that we don't write just to write. Like Mm -hmm. a book is going to be read, and every single word costs something to your reader. It costs time and it costs energy. And I think remembering and even allowing that to be like, okay, is it worth the cost? Is yes. this paragraph that really has no impact on all of these things worth the cost? Are these extra words worth it? Yes. And it might be, but make that choice and make it actively. Yes. Don't don't just be like, oh, books of this type end up being 100,000 pages. If they are not, or 100,000 words, if they're not good words, no one's going to read them. Yes, yes, yes. It. I think recognizing sometimes we can be the harshest critics as readers, but as writers, we don't have anywhere near that same bar. If you can try to put on your like DNF reader self and be like, would I continue reading a book like this? Because I think there's a lot of times where like, no, I'd throw that across the room.
0: I can say that of plenty of the books that are written. <laughs> like, yes. and, and that's why they're shelf now. <laughs> I mean, some, sometimes I think you have to weigh, like, is this worth even the effort of editing or, yes. you know, like, but that's a whole nother story. But I think that yeah. that point about cost is so, so good. And two things have really helped me with that. And one was, I don't remember who I heard this from. So it might've been from a craft book. It might've been from a podcast, but it was an author talking about how, I mean, they kind of just skimmed over this, but essentially the idea was that like movies kind of have it better in some ways. Like, because really like when you, when you make a movie, you have to pay for everything. You have to pay for every actor that goes on the screen. You have to pay for every set that you do. You have to, you know, like pay for the amount of time that you're like doing the filming, all of that. So you have to choose like, is this actor needed? Is this character needed? Because I'm going to have to pay for them. <laughs> like they come out of my budget. And so as you're making movies, you have to be really selective, but we don't have that in books, which is a, a benefit in some ways. Like we have much less overhead, <laughs> like, Absolutely. Um, but it costs us something because then we don't have to, Pay every character that goes on the page so we can add more characters we don't have to pay for every set that we put in the page, so we can have settings all over the place. And this author was saying that they started to think of it in terms of cost and started to try to think of their book like a movie like if I had to pay for this character would I still put them in the story? If I had to pay for this location, would I still put it in the story? Is it absolutely necessary? And I thought that was such a good framework to look at it by. And it just, it really changed how I viewed some things It made me kind of cut back on some of those excesses, I think. Um, and then the other thing that I heard just recently, I think it was Aaron Sorkin, I'm, I'm watching his masterclass right now, but he talked about how once he's finished a script, he'll go by go through it and revise. And then when he thinks it's good, like once he thinks he's gotten it to a good place and other people have read it and he's like done all the edits, then he will retype the entire thing. Like every single word retyped (laughs) because that costs something, right? Like that costs time. And as he's typing, like, okay, I don't really want to type this paragraph. Is this paragraph really needed? (laughs) Like, nope, it's out. You know, (laughs) like, um, you, you, you start that. to weigh, like, it it enforces cost on you, um essentially, and you have to weigh, like, is this, are all of these words necessary? Are all of these paragraphs necessary? Are all of these scenes necessary? And I think you see that in h- the things that he's written, like, they are so packed full of layers and depths and his, you know, his dialogue feels so, how did she maybe that's not yeah. quite the right word, but yeah. Boiled uh, down,
1: yes. concentrated. Yes. It all has wait I I think we do so many throwaway things that we're just like okay we'll just put that in there and I think reminding yourself just like you said like I mean it kind of links back into that kill your darlings thing the thing that you just have in because you like how the scene is written or like you just, it's this beautiful moment that you're like, oh, but it yeah. has to be there, but it has no weight on the yes. characters. And so to your reader, it feels like dead weight. Even if it's just subconscious, it's not furthering anything. You're not getting to the meat of the story of what we're trying to get to. Right. And that's important of like really making that assessment, searching within and really being like, is this, is this the story? I've been doing an edit of someone's work. And there's been several times when there is characters in a scene or in this moment, what's important, you know, talking about which ones are important, which which ones are the story, like what is just there because it's there and what is really, this is the important thing. Then I think we've talked about like that with character names before as well. If you're giving someone a character name, they should have some impact on the story. They shouldn't yeah. be like. Otherwise, don't name them. The
0: reader yeah. doesn't want to remember the right.
1: name. Right. Signal to them what's important, and if they have to be in there just to give a piece of information, don't suggest that they're important by naming them. Yeah. Give them significance by being like the person you know <laughs> delivering the mail, locked in. Like, yeah. I, I think reminding ourselves that we have the ability to kind of control what a reader finds to be important and yeah. using that control well.
0: Like yes. Yeah. And I and I think that's a lot of the editing process. You know, like sometimes yeah. we as writers talk about um how the story goes off the rails or the characters take over the story or things like that. Like and I think editing is what and and I think that's fine. Like in your first draft, yeah. like you can go go nuts, go nuts, have fun. Um but editing is where you take back the reins. <laughs> like yes. you take back control and you decide is this choice necessary is this character necessary is this where the story really needs to go um did my characters get out of control here you know like like this is where you start to be like no I'm the author I'm the writer I get to choose (laughs) and I think that's good it's necessary if you don't do that I think you risk losing your reader because the the book is for not just you it's for someone else and once it's out in the world it belongs to them and they're gonna make um they're gonna decide whether they're gonna keep reading it or not and so this is your opportunity like editing is your opportunity to ensure that your story has the best chance of being read and, and continuing to be, read, you know, like yes. not being data.
1: Absolutely. Do you mind if we real quick, I mean, we're going to talk about resources um, yes. in another episode, but there's just several things that come up over and over again that I think talking about it here is a good idea. We already mm-hmm. mentioned one and that's kind of getting trying to get distance, trying to take off yes. your author hat and put on your reader hat to look at it from the perspective not of these are your words and they are your darlings but getting into that place of really refining it down to what is the story. Um yeah. What is this about and why is this important and kind of getting it down to that. But A lot of times reading it aloud can help with that too. Can help you hear things or even get things that aren't really working. Reading through it once before you even try to do any revision could be helpful because then you get the whole run of the story. Um, Not what you thought you created, but what it uh, actually there. And then printing it out can give you that different view as well. Like holding in your hands, almost as if you would have a book even being able to kind of write in the margins what it is you're seeing, that can be helpful. For um, highlight,
0: I went absolutely. through, early, uh, last year I went through a couple scenes of the dra- of a draft I was working on and highlighted different types of things in different colors, like all I the dialogue it. in one color, all the description in another color, all the action in another color. Yes. And it was fascinating to just be able to see like on the page oh, this scene has no description. That's a problem. Like, in, in like color coded face because I don't like description. That's on story. It, it was a very, I don't know that I would ever do it for an entire book because it, it was time consuming, but it was really helpful, particularly for looking at those scenes that just something's not working in the scene. Yes. And then I could break it down and be like, oh, okay. Well, it's really imbalanced here. This is missing or that kind of thing.
1: And I love, uh, what I love about that is seeing because literally that is what this is. It's trying to see your work, seeing it through a bunch of different lenses. You can't put them all on at once, but doing that highlighting them, allows you to kind of signal to yourself, this needs this type of review and this needs this type of review. And I think anything that when it's not yet right, when you, when you have that spidey sense that it's Mm -hmm. not yet there, that something's missing, that something's, not yet where it needs to be. I think as I write, I mean, I'm, I'm maybe making an assumption here, but I can read something and I may not know exactly what it is that's wrong. But I'm like this: this chapter something's is offered. not there yet. Yeah, something's not there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the process too is getting it to where not you get to that level of perfection, but you get to that level of okay, now the story's there. Yes, now it's on the page.
0: Yeah,
1: I think. Then once we get to that point, that's when you can relinquish it. <laughs> that's when yes. you're like, okay, it's on the page. It's there. And then you can go to the next stage whatever that is. Yeah. And then lastly um, is using checklists. If you do it chapter by chapter, if you do it page by page, if you do it by sections, yeah, keep track of what you've already done and looked at so that you can then switch the lens on to something else. And I just think, organization can help yes. because then you don't get overwhelmed by the largeness of the yeah. process you can then kind of walk yourselves through step by step without being paralyzed at any given step by yes. setting to yourself okay this is what we're going to do now and then we're going to do that and so we're yeah. going to do this
0: yeah i've heard of authors like um breaking it down really breaking it down so like they'll do um uh, Read through that's just looking at the story and like okay, just yeah. do things move progressively in the plot, um, and then a read through that's just looking at character arcs, and then a read through that's just looking at dialogue and like okay, yep. I all the dialogue right well, and then a read through that just looks at description, and then a read through that just looks at like how things sound and reads it aloud and things like that, and then a read through that's like more more detailed some words specifically that they're looking for like did I use did I overuse that or so yeah. or whatever you know like <laughs> very like. And just looks for some of those common words and and then I read-through that looks at like grammar and more of those like detailed things. And I, I think having like breaking it down is really helpful. I found it really helpful to um to change the font when I edit from what I wrote in. It's just like a it's a small thing, but it's amazing how many things you'll catch when it just looks a little bit different on yep, the page. Absolutely. And then the other thing that I was gonna mention, I have had a couple of writer friends who've done this actually and found it really helpful is that after the first draft, normally we talk about outlining before you start drafting, like mm. making an outline and then writing. Um, but I've heard a number of people who found it really helpful to write the first draft and then to outline it as it is so that, so like you go back over it and look mm. at it in outline form essentially. And so yes. then because it's boiled down in outline form, you can see like, Oh, I just jumped from here to here. <laughs> or like, <laughs> there's nothing that connects these things or, Absolutely. um, or this is missing or that's, not needed or whatever because you can see it in one look kind of essentially or in like one view or read through or whatever um and then then use that outline to adjust to a new outline and figure out okay where they need to add or subtract things and then go back for for those revisions which i i did a little bit with this current project actually and did find that really helpful so I those are just that. a couple more little editing yeah. revising tips I, um, I also have one other
1: that's very similar to yeah. that um it was after draft one do all your marketing materials so that you yes. get what the story is in that boiled down kind of way and yeah. then go back in and write the second draft the revise. yeah write your covers. blurb
0: write your query letter yeah. like get your summary yeah absolutely and that kind of
1: kind of you've gone through and figured out what the story is by writing that but then you boil it back down and as you're getting it into what it Needs to be, you're using that kind of boiled down summary that you've written to kind of help keep it
0: within yeah. that,
1: or even help to give it out, a
0: framework for revisionism. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, and even help figure out where maybe it needs something else, or maybe mm-hmm. this part isn't really important because it doesn't. Fit it didn't end up the in the summary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I just thought that was a fascinating way of looking at. Potentially further kind of refining it before I yeah. can draft. Yeah, I
0: like that. That's great. All yeah. right. Well, we are going to keep talking more about revising and editing in the next few weeks. Um, okay. We'll be covering kind of more specifics on how to know when to cut things um, and when to kill those darlings, what darlings to kill. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to have a lot of fun diving more into this uh, because it's interesting. And like, I think Absolutely. when I started out, I thought editing was hated editing. And now I love it because you can actually yes. see it get better. Like you can yes. see it. And that's so fun. It's so fun to be like, wow, I made this and I made it better. Like this is better than what it was before. And I think that there's something really satisfying in that. So we hope that's that you will walk away from the next couple episodes um, just with a better understanding of mm-hmm. what editing can look like, what it does look like, uh, what it will look like for you. And with just a little more enjoyment of the process. So if you enjoyed this, leave a review, that would be wonderful. Find us on Instagram so we can connect more and keep reading, keep writing and keep putting your work out in the world and keep revising and editing. If you need help with that, both Laura and I offer services. You can reach out to either of us to learn more about those. All right. Thanks for joining us.